Let's face it, living takes guts, and living a full life takes a lot of guts. Igniting Courage podcast is the place you can come to get a blast of courage from real people who are clawing their way through life just like you are. We're going to talk about big courage and also little daily courage. You'll hear people's opinions on how to build courage and how to summon it when you would rather join the circus and never be heard from again. So welcome. I'm glad you had the guts to show up for this conversation. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Igniting Courage podcast, episode 24. This is my interview with Becky Keller. I met Becky when I was uh, going through a midlife transition and working in a restaurant. She, too, was going through transition, and we became fast friends. Um, She's one of those people who doesn't necessarily like hugs, but I was very honored that she would let me hug her, and I took advantage of that and annoyed the crap out of her, and she's still my friend. In fact, I was able to talk her into some crazy races, and she has since way surpassed anything she ever expected that she would do and showed a lot of courage in the process. So this interview is a great example of someone just reaching out and saying, let's see what I can do. And she's an impressive human. So enjoy this interview, episode 24. Thank you so much, Becky, for coming in tonight. How are you? I'm okay. Good. (laughs) Feel a little nervous? Only a lot nervous. No pressure. Nobody listens to these anyway. I know, right? I mean, just me and Jess, so that's about it. So, what does courage mean to you? Um, there's a lot of. Di- I was li- I've, I've listened to all of your all of your. Okay, podcasts. so one person listens to them. <laughs> I listen to all of your podcasts, and I listen to what everyone else says, and I agree with a lot of what the first girl, Sarah, Sarah said. The doing what makes you scared, and I'd say I agree with that to a certain point, but I'm also like. It's not so much, for me, what scares you is what pushes you outside your comfort zone. It's that step just outside your safety bubble that just makes you go, okay, I guess we're really doing this. <laughs> like you listen to that crazy redhead that's that you signed up for a marathon for. She's talking about me. <laughs> and you sign up for that marathon, and you're just said uh, that gun goes off, and you're like, oh my god, I'm really doing this. Oh my god. Okay, let's just go. Let's and just it's go. courage to take those steps. That's awesome. Yeah, it's that first step out of your out of your comfort zone that you just kind of go, okay, I can do this. This is fine. This is fine. The world's on fire. This is fine. And you just keep going. <laughs> I could quit now, but I'm not gonna. No, I paid a hundred dollars for that. No, no, right? I want my medal. And that's what I always do with it, as far as those things I know are gonna take courage. Yeah. I put my money down. So where is courage? I know you've had a ton of courage. It's throughout your life. Where has courage played a big role lately? Biggest lately was, so I've been that person that I will sometimes find myself in my comfort bubble. And it's something that I'll just keep going and going with because I know it. It's easy. I do it so well. And then I just get to a point where I don't want to do this anymore. I'm better than this. I was at a job. I'll be there for four years in February the same restaurant gig that every server knows you can do it in your sleep you have your ranch for table 47 nightmares <laughs> so true <laughs> you wake up one day and you're like i'm better than some stupid salad soup and breadsticks i'm done i can't do this anymore i spent so much time and energy into my education for my bachelor's degree i'm like you know what i'm done i through an applications in a couple of different counties. I had an interview in Grand Traverse County 
they went with someone with a little bit more experience, which I totally get and totally understand. I have a buddy who works up in Otsego County. He goes, Keller, listen, put your application in. And I did. And they didn't call me about the corrections position in the jail. Super upset about that. Went in and I talked to the captain and he's like, well, I don't have a position in the jail right now. I have one in the work camp. Go home, put an application in for that. Two weeks later, I get a call from HR. Two days later, I had an interview with her, had an interview with the captain. The following Monday, I got my, hey, you're hired. And by end of September, uh, I had my first day. Worst time to do it, too. It's two days after hell. Oh, she did a 50K <laughs> that I talked her into. Yeah. <laughs> so that following Monday, I showed up for my first day, 7 a.m., and just... My partner, who is awesome, he's a former Marine, hands down, probably the best mentor I could have asked for. Nice. So any comments, questions, concerns, I texted him at 6 o'clock this morning, being like, hey, so-and-so messaged me about this, is this okay? He's like, oh yeah, sure, if you're comfortable with it, go for it. Like, you're running the show today, I'm going hunting. So, he's like, from the my first and second day, he's been like, you're going to work out, you have the right personality, you're going to click in with everybody here. And while it was offered as originally a full-time position due to budgeting and everything, it was reduced down to part-time. Second day, he's been once a week talking to the captain, once a week talking to the sheriff. I'm like, why isn't she (laughs) full-time? Like, he's been, like, my biggest supporter, biggest backer in the department for getting me this full-time position because he's like, you know this. This is going to be perfect. You're going to do amazing. I want to retire. You take my job. (laughs) So how did you feel walking into that new job the first day? How did you feel when you drove up and parked your car and were about to walk in? I got there. I'm supposed to report by 7. I got there at like 6.25, 6.30. I would do. And I just sat in my car going, what have I gotten myself into? I'm so confident right now. I spent the weekend kind of looking over my textbooks from college, making like refreshing on everything. And I walk in and just, we're going, we're off, we're hitting the ground running on this. I'm like, okay, like, there's just all this information coming in, and I'm retaining most of it, but I'm just like, oh my gosh. And he goes, so here's your desk, and here's your computer, and we'll get your login, and here you go, here are your keys, here's your van keys, by the way, you have to learn how to back up a trailer. Wow. <laughs> it's a full-size van, I'm like a 18-foot trailer. So you're, wow. <laughs> yeah. So you're going home that night. How do you feel? I was so excited. I couldn't wait to call everyone and like my sister and be like, this was the best first day ever. Cause it was, it reminded me so much of my first day in my internship. You trust me. You think I'm an adult. <laughs> it's funny. They do. They think I'm we're like, adults. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not, I'm not, am I an adulty enough adult for this? Because comparatively to the other job I have, it's the, I have a certain level of autonomy, but at the end of the day, I need an adult to do stuff for me. Here I am the adult. No, no. So what was the final thing that made you say, enough of this, I, I, need, to, I need to use my degree? A couple of years back, my now seven-year-old, then five-year-old was in kindergarten. He was going back and forth between his dad's house and my house, and... He finished first grade last year, and I was like, no, he's in first grade this year. He finished kindergarten last year, and it was that, okay, he doesn't need mommy as much anymore. Mm-hmm. He's 
pretty independent. He's off on his own. I, I'm essentially there to make sure he doesn't hurt himself and to put snacks out on the counter so he can come graze and go back to his room he and can do what them. I, yeah, <laughs> do go back to what he's doing. I'm like, he doesn't need mommy. So as a main priority caregiver, he's now reaching that point where where's dad? Let's go do let's do good let's go do guy stuff. I had a day at the restaurant where I had a manager who hadn't been there all that long telling me how to do my job I went home and I was like nope I'm better than breadsticks I'm better than this I need to get out of here because otherwise it's just going to eat me alive and I'm going to be that person that I've worked so hard for a degree and hi would you like salad or soup with your mm-hmm. chicken parmesan today yeah so where, how would you give people, because we do that, we get stuck in our, we call it the comfort zone bubble. We get stuck in the little bubble where we know what's going to happen and we know we're going to be successful because we know how to do it. Yeah. How do, how do you recommend people get out of that and take that step that you took where you're like, no, I'm, I know more than this. I can do more than this. You were probably terrified driving over that to the Otsego jail first thing in the morning. Like, oh, it was terrified. It was definitely that like, what am I doing? This is by far... One of the scariest things I've ever done in my life. With my drive, my ambition, my desire to be more than what I am pushed me to be like, no. And I just hit that wall and I said, you know what? Enough's enough. And, well, and you didn't have the typical right after high school, went to college, finished your degree, paid for by your parents or paid for by, you no. know, you had a different, tell them a little I, about that. I, so I went to a college down in Arbor, it's called Concordia, you know, Lutheran college after going to the Lutheran high school, being at the Lutheran, you know, three-year-old preschool through eighth grade education. So very much the, this is how my life was kind of planned out. And after a year and a half, I was like, no can't do this anymore spending way too much money on an education that isn't specific enough to what I want to do and I left after a year and a half discovered Lake State and went and visited campus over the summer loved it it's that small town atmosphere not a whole lot going on and I could focus and not to mention the program for criminal justice there is amazing. My advisor, my first few years, had worked in either Kansas or Arkansas as an on-the-line corrections officer with, like, the gang unit. Ooh. So he has forgotten more about corrections than most people ever knew. Yeah. And that's one of the things that Lake State's so known for in their CJA program is all the professors are either former or current military, former or current police officers. What's really cool is, I don't know if you know who Aaron Westrick is. He was, I believe, a Charlevoix County Sheriff's Deputy. He also worked for that body armor company that had the faulty body armor. Whistleblower. They've offered to pay him millions of dollars to not say anything. And he was like, no. He taught wow. my ethics class. Cool. Westrick, one of his favorite things to say was, take the damn cup of coffee. I mean... What does that mean? It's the, you got the, you know, the people who are gas stations, or, you know, they'll go to a restaurant or something like that, or you got the grandma that, you know, you're outside doing something, and she brings you a cup of coffee. You take the damn cup of coffee. It's pennies on them. It's them saying, 
thank you. Because it's not something everyone does. Mm-hmm. And it's not something that everyone feels that calling to do. And you don't want to take that away from them. Yeah. yeah. So it's one of those, mm. you take the damn cup of coffee. Nice. You take the thing of cookies. Yeah. Like, you say thank you and you appreciate their effort in thanking you. You take the damn cup of coffee. <laughs> I like that. It's great. I mean, you obviously have to know the line. Like, yeah, don't well, let sh- someone give you a free keg, but. <laughs> Here's a Rolex. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah, please don't arrest me when I have it's a DUI. Coffee. coffee is yeah. pretty much it. Yeah. So after Lake State, you didn't finish there though, right? No, well, I did. I was, I walked April of 2011 and I found out a month, two months later that I was 15 weeks pregnant with my tiny human. And I was scheduled to finish up that fall. I had all my classes set. Obviously, that didn't happen because that'd be really hard to do. So, in we uh, sat down Fourth of July with my parents, my then boyfriend slash fiance's parents, and we hammered everything out. We got married August twentieth. <laughs> so in about eight weeks, when Daddy has a shotgun. <laughs> I mean, listen, <laughs> he's cute though. Hey, it doesn't matter when the first one comes. That one's fine, as long as there's a ring first. Apparently. That's what my pastor said. That's the rule. Okay. Yeah, as long as that's what the pastor said. So, I mean, and then he was born Christmas Eve of 2011, so I took the spring semester off, worked my butt off all summer between two jobs plus a newborn and who was born with teething and a growth spurt, so he was eating around the clock, and so I was up all the time, and I didn't sleep. That fall, I was like, no, I have to finish my degree. So I did half my classes that fall. So I had 12 credits, so mm. I was full-time. And my then-husband was still working all the time, so I have Tiny Human, and he was a bartender. The Tiny Human? No, yes. yes. <laughs> he was tall enough to reach over the bar. It was fine. He is now. Yeah. Uh, so my husband at the time was, he was working nights, so he would get home from work at 3.30 in the morning. And, you know, nine month old, it's eight o'clock in the morning, mommy's getting ready to go to class, dad doesn't want to wake up, dad's tired, dad's exhausted. So Dom would come to classes with me all the time. Everyone thought he was a hoop because he'd just sit there and look around at everyone, like, he fell asleep during statistics. As everybody does. Yeah. So it's like, he came to classes with me because I had to go. Because I was like, I no, I want my degree, I want my education. Yeah. I had one of those professors that would, like, push him around in the stroller in my uh, geology class while teaching. She'd just walk him around, like, geology lab, like, in a stroller while I'm trying to do work. She's like, I got this. This is fine. And yeah. that and that takes some guts. I mean, to you, you're, like, showing up. Like, I'm not making excuses. It's easy to make excuses at that point, right? Yeah. It's, it it would have so, been easier for you to sit on the couch. It's, it would have been so much easier to just email her and be like, hey, I, I don't have anyone to watch my kid right now. I can't come to class. Versus, I, that was the first time. She said two words, bring him. So we'd sat in the back of the classroom. He'd just be like, rock. I'm like, shh. I can see it's a rock. And she's like, actually, it's a mineral. I was like, I don't think you can say that word. And then he goes, mineral. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Smart Alex. So, like, she was just like, just bring him. She's like, if there's a problem, you can step out. It's no big deal. She's like, when he hears all these stories about you taking him to class with you and... Making it happen. Ma- exactly. And that's what it was, making it happen. And I don't know 
there have been a lot of challenges that I've had to overcome, and the way I explain to people is the, like, yeah, stuff was not the greatest for a hot minute there, but I wouldn't be that person that I am now had I not gone through the trials, tribulations, errors, questions, like, like I wouldn't be. It's straight up. Like, so where did that come from? That drive. I mean, people say millennials not not driven. They don't work hard. They're lazy. You're not lazy. I love proving people wrong. I love it. There's nothing better to see the look <laughs> on someone's face with all the running that I've been doing. Like that's my favorite when people say when I say I run and they're like, oh, I do five k's. I'm like. I barely put my shoes on for a 5K. Are you kidding? <laughs> she wasn't this way before she met the crazy redhead. This is true. You're not wrong. That would be me. No, it's the that the first 5Ks I did, I did one of my first ones with you two years ago. And the zombie run, yeah. The zombie run was, was my second 5K ever. It kind of started taking off. And then I did the Cherry Festival 10K mm-hmm. the following year. I talked you into the, the turtle half marathon. Yeah, the half marathon. And then that transformed into the full marathon. The full marathon, which turned into another half marathon at Cherry Festival. That was easy. At that, that was point. the easiest one ever. And then which then turned into the 50k, which blows everyone's mind. Well, that wasn't just a 50k on a flat road either. No, that, that was, was a trail 50k. Did you 32 s- miles up and down and through the river? Did you? Yeah, in the river. You just, I'm like the first. I want to say. 15, I think it was 15.6 miles, were fine. Those were easy. It was 15 to 19 that was straight uphill, straight back down the hill. It's called the fire pole or the stripper pole or something. It was just like straight up and then down. And it was just like three miles of just like 500 to 600 foot gains and then straight back down and then straight back up and then straight back down. So where did you get this courage? Cause, cause most people don't listen to the crazy redhead. Cause someone said I couldn't do it. Cause so it's I just mean, spite. So you're just spiteful. Out of spite, just be, be like, oh, I could, no, you can't do that. Or people will be like, oh, I could never do that. I'm like, I did. And I, I mean, I. You're built like a lifter too. You're not yeah. built like a skinny runner. No, I'm not a. You're runner. a strong, I'm, solid. I, you I mean, lift I'm heavy a, things. I'm a jogger. I'm still at jogger status. I could, like, that 12 to 15 minute miles, people are like, that's not fast. I'm like, yeah, but I can do that for 9 hours and 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not built for running. I'm not. I'm not your stereotypical runner. I'm a lifter. I like to pick things up and put them down and then pick them back up again. Yeah. And then add more weight and try and pick that up. And I remember you on Marathon Morning, because I met you at the starting line, and you were... T- Terrified. I was out of my mark, just like, I'm like, I can't believe I'm doing this. This quite possibly might have been the dumbest thing I've ever done. Because the longest run up to then that I'd done was maybe 20 miles. And even then it took me like five hours. And I was like, this is not going to be good. It's when I ran, it was like in the evening. So why didn't you just go home? Well, I would have had to find my car. <laughs> It was early. And I was like, you know what? No. I have my sister's side. Though, with the Bayshore, you can get the text message alerts. My sister had signed her phone up. My brother-in-law's phone. She did it to my mom's phone. My dad's phone. 
my aunt's number. So you created accountability. I did. And it was one of those, I put it out there on my Facebook. I put it out on my Snapchat. I had people blowing up my phone while I'm running. Like, we just got your alert. You're at this mile far. Like, we're so proud of you. Like, just keep going. Just keep swimming. Yeah. Just keep swimming. Like, let's just keep going. This will be fine. And I'm that person, like, I'm not racing people. I'm racing myself. Mm. But I said, you know, I, I want to finish before that person. I want to finish before that person. I'm just like, okay. Like, once I got through the 10K, and I, I hadn't been to the Bayshore before as a spectator, I was in tears going through as the half marathoners are coming by, and... There are all the people that are like, and you know, next to nothing clothes. Little people, yeah. And they're teeny tiny, and they're just like gazelles just on the Serengeti. Just da 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 da. And I'm just like, they're like the hippo in the, in the Serengeti. <laughs> in the watering hole. Like, this is fine. And I had one girl come up and give me the biggest hug. And she's like, You are killing it. Just keep going. Don't stop. And I was like, Okay. Okay. Like, shaking my head. She's like, Grab me by the face. She's like, You got this. Just keep going. Aww. And then I hit, I want to say it was mile 12 when I found you, something by, about a gorilla that I vaguely remember this. Big inflatable gorilla. gorilla. The guy had beer too in front of it. <laughs> yeah, see, I, I, that was my mistake. I didn't drink any beer oh. while I was running. I didn't teach you well. No. no. I was like, no, this will be fine. In retrospect, I should have been drinking the whole time. Because <laughs> I, I feel like I would have felt better. But I saw you and you're like, it's only a mile to the turnaround. You got this. At that point, I was only like two miles behind you. And I was like, okay. And then it got hot. And then there was no wind. And I don't know if anyone else has run the Bay Shore, but it's one of those, you get out there when you're on the peninsula and you're like... It's flat and it's asphalt and it's nothing. nothing. Just nothing. And you start getting that like weird dehydrated... You had told me if you start crying, it means you're dehydrated. Don't cry. I'm like, okay, not crying. How about don't get dehydrated? <laughs> yeah, I did think that's what I said. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, so no, no. But I couldn't tell if I was crying because I was so emotionally spent or if it was because I was so upset with myself for doing something this stupid and how dare I listen to Anne. <laughs> what was I thinking? No, no, this is fun. So many people have said that before. And then I hit an aid station. Uh, I was drinking some water, had some Gatorade, had some oranges, hanging out. Cute sheriff's deputy was like, is there anything I can get you? And the smart aleck dehydrated part of me wanted to say, it's like, can I get your phone number? <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. And I regret it so much. But so I was like, no, I'm good. Thank you though. He's like, well, he's like, if it, if it's any consolation, he's like, I know you're further back, but he's like, I would have turned around at mile two. Well, and this is the thing. Cause you, you're in the town you live in. Yeah. You could have stopped at any point uh -huh. and you never did. No, I thought about it, but at some point, it was one of those, once you hit about halfway, you realize you still have to go back, so I might as well just finish this stupid thing. And then, I want to say it was like mile 20. I don't know if it was, it was one of the high schools had like their track team or their volleyball team, it was one of their teams, and they insisted, they kept moving their, their spirit finger tunnel to make sure I had to run through it. Aww. And I'm at this point, you're not exactly the perky spirit fingers kind no, of girl. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm just like, okay. And they're all like trying to high five me. I actually me. told them to do that, by the way. But go ahead. I'm just like, okay. Like, I just want to keep going. Like, And then they took down the 
tw- like the twenty one mile like cutoff thing just before I passed it. They like disconnected. I was like, I was like, no, people need to know where I'm at. And then like it flashed on all their phones that you can't find her anymore. It was like right at that six hour cutoff. She has disappeared. She's disappeared basically. So Sam and her boyfriend Joey met, were meeting me at the finish line. So I got a call from her at like mile twenty three. And I'm like, oh, oh, she's like, where are you? I'm like, I'm like two miles away. Like, I'm, I'm a, like, I'm hot, I'm sticky. Mess. My legs hurt. I am chafed in places I didn't know could chafe. And I was like, okay, like, so I just get there. And I turn that corner and I was like, okay, I can see the finish line. This is fine. This is fine. And I sped up for the last hundred meters. So they're trying to take a video of me finishing. And they're like, you're going too fast. We can't keep up. I'm like, Really? Really? I just ran for 26.1 miles. I'm running that last point one. <laughs> then I cried. Of course. Squatted and sobbed like a baby. With the massive medal that you earned. This is true. Do you think that accomplishment had anything to do with you finally saying, forget it, I'm done with this oh, job? absolutely. Absolutely. They, because it's one of those things that, it's a big deal. It's not a big deal to me because I've done it. But I forget that that's one of those things that the teeny tiny, like, half a percentage of people run a marathon, ever. But once you're in the community and everyone's doing stuff, you're like, yeah, yeah, I ran a 50k. What'd you do? I did the Moab 240. Yeah. <laughs> Suddenly your 26 miles is not that great, <laughs> It's not it? so exciting anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like, I did, I did that. But then, you know, people that do that, they're like, oh my gosh, you did one? That's amazing. And they're so supportive. And the running community is amazing. And there's so much that pushing for, yeah, you're good. How could you be better? And it's that constant driving to push yourself. What else can you do? Exactly. And it's one of those, I finished it, and I came in to there afterwards, and I had my medal on, wearing my I Heart Pasta t-shirt. <laughs> Which everyone loved, by the way. So them. perfect. It was so perfect for running. And I came in, and everyone's like, I can't believe you did that. Because, obviously, I'm no Heart Pasta. Yeah. <laughs> if I could push myself to do this huge thing and all the training that went through it while having a kid, while working a full-time plus hours job. I'm like, I can pretty much do anything I want at this point. That was in May. By August, end of August, I was putting in applications. I was like, I, I can do this. Why am I wasting my time? For me, wasting my personal time, effort, and energy in something that they weren't putting effort into me, why am I putting it in? Hit the ground running. And it's not about being bitter about that. It's about, okay, that's yeah, that's, that's where you are. Got it? This, this is, is where, where I'm going to be. No, and I've learned a lot about myself by working there. I've learned endless patience. Like, I've had difficult people at uh, the county job and... I've had people like, wow, like, I would have lost my marbles on him already. I'm like, he's acting like a six-year-old. I'm going to treat him like a six-year-old. Working in a restaurant, you deal with a large age range of people. You got hosts that are 16. You have managers in their late 50s, early 60s, and almost everything in between with different experience levels and backgrounds and everything. Mm -hmm. So you learn so much. 
about life working in a restaurant. So I honestly feel like everyone should at least have one restaurant job in their life. You learn basic life experiences. Like, you don't always get your own way. Mm. Life's hard. No is a thing. Like It's not always fair. No. And it's one of those, just because you asked nicely and said please doesn't mean you're going to get a yes. But, but do you think even if they had promoted you to manager, you would have been like, okay, cool, forget my degree, I'm not interested. No. I mean, honestly, I'm not, and I'm not trying to lead that, you know? No, I mean, no, would you have been satisfied with there, that? No, and that's the thing. It's like, I wouldn't be satisfied with it because it's one of those, I'm trying to think of the band, it's like, oh, not like Backstreet that. Backstreet Boys? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, um... It's, it's either Lifehouse or Creed. It was a it was a Christian content like contemporary Christian bands. Like you were meant to live for so much more. It's mm. like you were meant to that's live awesome. so much more. That one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's it's Lifehouse. One, anyway, go ahead. But it's one of those like I'm meant you're meant for so much more than what you are currently mm. with. And it's that drive in my head was just like, no. This was not your long term plan. This was your get down into grade school he started first grade beginning of september i started my job as officer keller september 25th mm. such a great name officer great. keller officer, officer keller. keller officer keller it's great please bring your handcuffs i don't even know what you guys do but anyway i have a radio Ooh. you you say that restaurant is to get dom through it was a phase it was a stepping stone but like you said it also taught you lessons yeah you absolutely and, and it takes courage to recognize that because it would be really easy for you right now to be like oh you know forget them they're they don't see the value no. need i'm bitter yeah but to be able to see all right that had value that was a stepping stone that takes guts it, it is and the one manager he and i we when he transferred to another restaurant he and I continue, like, he and I are still friends. I talk to him probably once every two weeks. He, as at the restaurant level, taught me a lot of the, if you're not okay, if you need help, you ask for help. It's that, like, you don't have to do this by yourself. But if you're struggling and it's all, like, up here in your head and mental and everything, put a smile on your face and just keep going. Well, and that's what you did with the, with the marathon, too. Yeah. You, people cheered you on. People called you. People hugged you. People yeah. said you're good. People, you know, yeah. and you just kept listening. You didn't have to do it by yourself. No. And I, it takes guts to listen to other people too and to yeah, take that help. Because that is not me. I, I do not like asking for help. Not at all. And that's one of those things that's like I've struggled with. It's like, I don't like asking for help. Mm -hmm. I don't like admitting that I'm, sh I don't like showing weakness. And that with the career field I'm in, it's not always good to show. So I've changed it now. I'm not asking for help. I'm asking for backup. There you go. Because it's one of those, like, I got this. I just need you in a supporting role mm -hmm. just in case something slips through. Mm -hmm. I got this. We can get this better. Yes. yes. Exactly. And that's a great way to think about it. I don't need help. I just need backup. I just need backup. Like, that's it. It's not <laughs> like you're not doing anything. Like, let me put my feet up and eat some bonbons and you go ahead and do this for yeah, me. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Like, listen, if, no, no, that can go over there. <laughs> like, no. So what advice would you have for people who are stuck in that thing they're comfortable with, they're good at, is easy, is comfortable, but isn't right. Identify first, what do you want to do? If it's you want to go back to school, go back to school. If you want to get into a different job, if you want to quit your job and be a stay-at-home parent or find yourself a sugar daddy, like, I mean... <laughs> 
We all need to have goals. Yes. Have, pick, pick a goal. Write it down. I know everyone says write it down. I mean, I have my goals on my mirror in my bedroom. Like, this is what I want to do, and I get to cross them off. And then I have, I'm like, this is, I want this. And I'm going to put all my effort into making this happen. Like, one of my big girls right now is, I want this job to be full-time. So I make sure, like, I before I left work today, I texted my partner. I was like, hey, this is done. This is done. This is done. This is all set for next week. Um, all the paperwork's faxed over to the appropriate places. So you're coming in after, you know, having four days off of work and everything's done. And you know what? That is huge because this is, it's so easy because you went into this position thinking it was full time. Yeah. So you could have be sitting back pouting about the fact that it, yeah, they were supposed to be full time and it's not full time. They need to give me full time. You're not doing that. No, I am going, I'm going to prove myself with every step that I do, every action I take. That was a high five. With every action, I'm like, no. I deserve this. I put my time, effort, energy. I am going above and beyond. I'm treating this job as if I am full-time. But I'm only working three days a week. But for me, in that position, that is my full-time position in that position. And that takes courage. You know, that's a risk. Because it might not ever be full-time. No. But you're doing the best thing you can to put yourself in the position. Yeah. To be full time, it's a it's a bold move, Cotton. We'll see how it plays You're out. You're kind of a badass that way. Everyone keeps saying that. Well, I just I keep seeing myself as this normal person. I just see so many people sit back and get bitter and whine about what they deserve, and I haven't heard you say one thing about it's, deserving it, anything. You have earned what you have. No, and like that's the thing. It's one of those I don't like that mentality of the like. Well, I showed up. I'm like, just because you show up doesn't mean you get a trophy. Like that's not real life. Restaurants. Just because you have a table doesn't mean the table has to tip you 20%. Hallelujah. Put the effort in. Put a smile on your face. Ask how the table's You're doing. You're not feeling it. You're not a perky, smiley person. You're not yeah. feeling it. You put that smile on anyway. <laughs> she's got a little fingers in her dimples. What and is she's it, got the, on her thank face. Thank you for calling Olive Garden. This is Rebecca. How can I make your day great? You do say that. I want to slap you every time, and it's awesome. Because it's in the same perky, fantastic tone that everyone loves to hear because it's one of those, this is not me. This is my, hi. Yeah, but it catches them off guard. It's cheerful. So even if they know it's fake, it makes them kind of laugh because they're like, wow, you're trying really hard. Right. Versus the people that are like, hi, what do you, what can, mm-hmm. what do you want to drink? You got to earn it. But I mean, that yeah. kind of, that kind of outgoingness takes courage as well. No. And it's one of those, like, there are days out there. There are days where, like, I walk into work, I'm like, I can't do this today. And I'm like, I cannot deal with the excessive amount of whining from my coworkers. I can't deal with that person not understanding what a salad or a soup are. And everyone asks what soups there are, and there's eight of them, and they all ask what soups, and I have to repeat the same spiel eight times, then they all ask for salad. And it's one of those third days you just don't want to do it. But you know what? This is how I make my living. This is how I put food on my table. This is how... I put clothes on my ever-growing child's back, like... Ever-growing, too. He is a giant. I, I don't know how. I'm tiny. He's almost taller than you now. I know. I'm so... When you marry a tall guy. I'm really excited for when he's 10 and he reaches all the stuff in the top shelf for me. <laughs> I don't need the three stuffed stools in my house See, this anymore. is why you put the smile on your face so you can give the food to Dominic so he can reach the top <laughs> shelf. See, it's all related. Yeah. So I'm... make the goal. Make, make Know goals, where you're going. Set where you're going. Find a game plan, because... Going, having the goal is one thing. 
I I'm starting a new goal for next year. I don't know if I told you this. You have not. Um. So I'm thinking I'm gonna do the Bay Shore again. Uh huh. I'm gonna find a July 50k. Okay. I'm gonna do the uh, Dances of Dirt Health 50 miler. Ooh. <laughs> That's my goal. <laughs> I'm a little nervous <laughs> about it. See, and this is what happens. <laughs> Because you get outside your comfort zone with a 10K. And then you're like, hmm, I'm going to step outside the comfort zone with a with a half marathon. And then a full, and then a 50K. And then I'm going to get a new job. And then I'm going to, like, do a 50-miler. Then I'm going to get a Nobel Peace Prize, cure cancer, and then maybe I'll take a vacation. This is the problem with courage because it's so much better. It is. Outside. And it is. It's one of those. Of the bubble. I thought, like. I'm not, like, I, I'm that person, like, if I, with, like, the races and stuff, I post pictures of going into the races, and during the races, and my, Jackie followed, my sister followed me around at my 50k with, you know, her camera, like, messaging everyone, letting them know where I was, and it's such a supportive, and everyone's so positive, and everything, it's just, there are, there are people that, um, I went to high school with, and college with, that are like, hey, we're doing, what's, what's the, like, the 200-something mile? Oh, yeah, the relays, the Ragnar relays. That's what it is. She's like, do you want to do one next year? The one from, like, Manistee to the Traverse? Mm. Traverse, so mm. you want to do that one for me last year? Yes. Duh. Duh. <laughs> Everyone's just like. Well, and that's the thing, is you start to get everybody else out. Because they're yeah. like, if Becky can do it, I can do half of that. Exactly, which is what's been happening, because people are like, hey, I'm thinking about doing a 5K, I'm you met you remember Sam? Yeah. Oh, she do a five k now. I talked her to do a five k a week yeah. before the fifty. Her and her boyfriend and like I somehow talked five of these hooligans who are like smokers, yeah. drinkers. Like I somehow talked them into doing this, and they're like, "That was the best experience I've had." And like, oh, that was amazing. They all got medals too. Mm-hmm. They're like, like they're hanging in their room medals. <laughs> well, and that's the thing is that like. It's contagious. We chase the easy high of comfort and success in what we know and getting drunk in, you know, negative things. But then you earn that 5K medal and you realize, God, that feels good. It absolutely feels, it's like. And you can't settle. No, you can't. And that's the thing. It's one of those, once you realize you're better than what you've been, you can't go back. Right. Once you know, it's one of those, yeah, you can settle. But there's always that little thing in the back of your head that's like, you're better than this. You're absolutely better than this. And it just takes one day of going, of being in that stagnant situation, that stagnant pond, if you will, where you're just like, yeah, I don't want to be in here anymore. Like, I'm good. And then, you you know, you take that step towards shore and you start moving on to something else and something different and... It's scary, and you're just like, oh my god, I can't believe I'm doing this. <laughs> and then, you know, next thing you know, you're doing it. And before you know, I mean, I've been with, I've been at the department for three months, and I just, I can't imagine having a better job. Like, it's not even a, like, I don't, it's not that it's not work, because it is, but it's one of those, it's, what is the old quote? If, like, if you do something you love, you'll never work a day in your life. That's exactly what it is. I absolutely love it. You made a plan. Like, no, now you just have to take that first step. It's hard and it's scary, but you're going to look back and go, I'm so glad I did that. And looking back and knowing 
and seeing the effort, the hard work, the blood, sweat, and tears that you've put into something makes it all worth it. Drop mic. <laughs> that is the perfect place to end. I am so happy that you did this because I know this took courage too. Thank you. You're the bomb. And one of the few people that I've gotten to talk into a 50K. <laughs> thank you so much for coming. Well, thank you for uh, everything. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> and can't wait to see your finish line, your finished tattoo for yeah. your 50 miler. I don't know where I'm going to put it. I know you're running out of room on your leg. And I'm going to have to get smaller medals. You're the bomb, Becky. I try. <laughs>